Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Godman Podcast, everybody. We are your humble host, Michael. Hey, yo, what up? This your boy, Rock. And we are coming at you with a new podcast today, episode five, Walk It Like You Talk It. This is a Rodney special because he has some things he needed to get off his chest Not in the middle though. of the week. <laughs> Not for real. Like, honestly, I do got some stuff I want to give my chest. Like, honestly, Mike, we had this conversation, like, what was it? It was, like, last week or early this week. And then, like, I was just ranting and I was talking. I said wow, do I really feel this way? And then Mike, you was like, oh, you got to put this on a podcast, man. And I was so, like, write it all down. You need to get this. This needs to be on a pod. Just say it with your chest, bro. Nah, for real, though. For real, though. And it's like, honestly, I didn't know I needed to say this, but no, obviously, it had to be said. So pretty much with Walk It Like You Talk It, it's just one of the things as when we put on that identity of Christ, it's something that it's a lot of people are claiming the title of Christian claiming the title of a follower claiming the title as a believer but obviously their fruit is not showing that like they only care about the title and the look of it but not really when it comes to the the obedience that it comes with doing that most people from what I've seen not saying there are bad people don't get me wrong like we have flesh we're human I understand but if you're putting on that that title as a Christian, you have to walk that, especially if like, if we are trying to disciple people and give them a new hope, some inspiration to draw near Christ. If we act and behave the same way, how like they do, they won't be persuaded. They will not feel on that desire to walk with Christ because we are quote unquote doing the same thing at like they we're doing, they're doing, but it's like, it's, is not managing it so it's like when i put down like walk it like you talk it it was i i had to take that the title um for the migos i'm gonna fake to you but it holds truth it holds truth to it though so um yeah so mike so tell me about your experiences or how do you feel about um having the walk on the same level as you talk mm-hmm mm-hmm. That's it. um That's it. nah mm-hmm. all right so my experience is it's 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 the living by the same standard that you set. Um in my experience, like you know, you always tell you I was always told that you listen to people say, but more importantly, watch what they do. Because there's a lot of people who have a habit of running the mouth about something and doing completely opposite or not doing what that they were talking about. So in terms of like walking in faith, that could be a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm Christian. I'm doing this and this. But then, you know, these are the same ones as soon as they get out the, the confines of the church building and they get around work or friends or whatever. I mean, it's a complete 180 talking to, you know, the way they speak and the way they act, getting into altercations, just short tempered fuse, not showing love, that kind of thing. The people that you would look at and would be surprised if they told you they ever were in a church to begin with. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Yeah. And just as you were speaking, I was thinking about like it's a lot of 
people who I've witnessed is a lot of conforming to the world. And it's like, there's no, like I say, like, I just see a lot of people in like, who I've seen growing up, you know, you know, like them being in the pulpit, um, them actually singing in the choir, them actually leading people, head of ministries. But then it's like, I see your stories on social media and I see you have drinks in your hand, you're at the club and you're doing A, B, C, and D, but you're supposed to be, you know, representing Christ, but you're just not behaving that way. And it just really hurts me because like, I know I can see the calling, I can see the anointing that God had on, has on their life, but maybe they don't see themselves in that way, how God sees them or how I see them, but it hurts me when I know they're not walking that route. And like I say, if you wanna walk that route, then it's okay, but I don't think you should be in a position of leadership if you're not measuring up to the standards. Because let's be honest, as a leader or um, as a, I'm, well, I'm gonna speak on leaders personally because I feel like as a leader, you are the very first one the enemy is gonna hit first because they know you are leading a flock and those people are going to gravitate towards what you're doing and i really think when i see people who are not behaving the way how they need to it can throw them off and so when i see them do that it's like oh wow they are really 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 distracted or not aware of what they're doing and um and like i said if that's what you want to do then that's okay but like, even in the Bible, it says, like, God is more harsh or disciplined on his leaders because they're supposed to be the head and they're leading to their flock, to their ministry, to their congregation, to a whole nother level. But if you're just doing these things, like, where is the line is getting very blurred between Christianity and the world to the point where if a person who does want to believe, they feel like, they can have their cake and eat it too. They feel like, oh, I can still sleep around but still committed to a partner. I feel like I can still do this, I can still do that, and you know, God will forgive me and you know, it's okay. But we know that judgment is coming and we just know that judgment is coming. Right, and to speak on that, you know, it says that, you know, God winks at our ignorance. However, like, as ignorance, you can't be in here claiming oh well god's gonna forgive me because you know it's wrong so it's you're not ignorant anymore he's not winking at that ignorance instead now he's holding you accountable for it and as far as like the leadership thing that i want to touch on that because mm -hmm. i think the problem when we see leaders that are like that way is because they were not a lot of those leaders were not called to be leaders because and because here all right when god calls you to lead a flock and shepherd something so let's say he calls you to be a pastor right and that's what you're supposed to develop into he's not going to give you a flock before you're ready to lead that flock in his name he's not going to give you a flock while you're still out wilding out because then now what happens is you're going to spread all the things that you're doing is going to trickle down into it um 
you know, the church, just like any organization, right, or any business organization, anything like that, sports teams, there's a there's a saying that, you know, the team mirrors their coach or, you know, the church is going to mirror or they're going to reflect their leaders. The way their leaders are is what the church, they, the members are going to model themselves a lot of the times after. Because as much as we'd like to say, every person in the church is, you know, uh, a Bible scholar, it's not true. And I think a lot of the problem with the leadership problem that we have is you have people who go to these churches that are more just religious organizations that don't require you to be called by God to lead a ministry or do certain things like this because everyone doesn't have that anointing on them. And instead of, all right, this is the anointing you have in your life and this is what God is telling your your apostle, your pastor, or your prophet, whatever, right? That this is what this person is and he's telling you throughout your life, this is who you are and this is what you're going to be developed into. We have churches that are organizations that say, well, if you go to seminary school and pass, we'll make you a pastor here. <laughs> and the reason that's so dangerous and wrong is because, listen, seminary school is just learning. the It's literally just learning a word. Right. That's 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 really what it is. You're learning the Bible and you're learning where some of the things come from in the Bible, things like that. Right. That's learning. That ha that's learning the word. That has nothing to do with an anointing or calling on your life. That has nothing to do with your posture and your worship. That has nothing to do with what you were, what God has made you to do and what he made you to be. I know somebody who was a close friend of mine um, that went to, that, you know, was super dope. His mom's a pastor. That's what she was called for. He wasn't. And he got with this one church and got around them and went to decide to go to their uh, their school so he could become a pastor. And he was trying to get me to do it, too. And I remember Pastor David, when I told him, David was like, why? And I was like, well, because and I hadn't had a real answer. I was like, I don't know. And he was like, you don't need to go to seminary school for what you're being called for. Like. I agree. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't have to go to a Bible college. You need to be under your leaders and submitted and put in the work. You shouldn't have to pay people to make you put in the work. Because that's really what he was saying. Is for, and that's all it really was. And now I'm not knocking Bible college and seminary schools because I do believe like most pastors should go there. Even if you know the word. Because it's just going to be some things you can pick up like. I know my uh, old pastor was already a pastor and went back to school just to run through it and get the paperwork or whatever, right? But getting back to the original point, like, he was not necessarily called to be a pastor. And it showed because now he's all hype and he wants to do this. He goes and gets into the church after he gets the paperwork and the senior pastor comes to him and told him you're not a pastor here you're not supposed to be a pastor mm. that's not what God has ordained over your life 
And I remember he got mad and he left that church and was like, yeah, they told me this and this and this. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. All right. So he's mad and he's like, my mom's a pastor, so I'm a pastor, too. And it's like the anointing, the same anointing doesn't have to pass on to the child that's on the parent. Mm-hmm. Right. So their family, by the way, was like the mom's a pastor, but the dad's not. I don't believe the grandmother or any of the grandparents are. She was called to be a pastor. He wasn't. His sister isn't. His sister's called to be a worshiper. Like, she is definitely called to be a worship leader. Uh, But he definitely wasn't. And after he did all that, stuff started crumbling because now his personal life, by the way, his life in his home, because his house was not in order, uh, began to become... it, It... it went to ruin. It was in shambles, which led to, you know, him basically losing his family. And I was praying for him as much as I could, you know, praying hard for him. But at the end of the day, his actions didn't reflect what was in the word of God. And because of that, he ended up losing his family. And this and now, I mean, I don't know the last time he's seen his kids. He's not even in his state right now. Um, but, and the thing, I haven't even talked to him anymore, like within the past, like year and a half, two years. I don't think I've talked to him since before COVID. I definitely haven't talked to him since before COVID. Cause last time I talked to him, I was in welding school. Um, but it was just an example for me to see like somebody who's not called to do this and they were able to get their way into a church just because they had a piece of paper. That says, oh, he's certified to be a pastor. And so another leader came and called him out and got him out of that position was like, you're not meant to do this. So I think that's a big problem that is going on because we have a lot of religious organizations at this point that don't go by anointing and don't go off of, you know, prayer and all of this and seeing what's on a person and they just go off of, hey, did you finish this school? Did you finish this school? You can do this now. Now, for real, that's that, that's really big thing. And I like how you said, <clears throat> I like how you said, of course, you know, the education part of seminary school is important. So, you know, I knock it down there. So I do believe that definitely spiritually, that's what has to get anchored down first because I like how you said, like, just as long as you you stayed anchored in reading the word of God, that's pretty much majority of it. And then another thing I want to tap into, Mike, is the. OK, so I'm, I'm going to say this. I think sometimes people use that title Christian or man of God and a woman of God as a facade or a mask to get what they want like for example let's say if a guy is interested into a girl and he you know she says oh so tell me about yourself oh well you know i'm a you know i work i do this i'm a man of god so in her mind she's thinking oh so he's probably waiting until marriage no he doesn't want me for sex he has morals and ethics and values so then one day she actually lets him inside the house where they go on a date. On the very first date, and this actually happened too, don't get me wrong. 
I know somebody who really did this, and it, it broke my heart when I heard this, no lie. So they went inside the house, and then he expected to get some that night. So the whole idea that she had of a man of God and integrity and morals and ethics, all of that went out the window because he used that title of that. And like sometimes like we do, like it's very lukewarm and it's like we we put on the title, but we don't have the action to back up the title. Right. Like we don't like they don't pray. They don't stay in a Bible. They just think. Oh, Sunday is just enough, and then that's it. They don't put the work behind it takes to walk it like you talk it. Because at the end of the, end of the day, on Sunday, we we put on our, our best outfit. We put on our best cologne, our best shoes, our best um, suit, our best church lady hat. And then we just go in, we pray and worship. But then as soon as we get home, we go back to doing the worldly stuff that makes us sin or keep sinning on purposely, of course. And I really think we need to get to a point as to realize that we are ambassadors. Um, the Second Corinthians chapter uh, five verse twenty. Um, I'm reading from the AMP version. So we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making His appeal through us as Christ's representatives. Plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And that key thing is we're making God His appeal through us. So the only way how people are going to gravitate towards God is through us. We are the vessels. We are the utensils. We are the, the walking testimonies that he needs for that next person to be healed. So if we're going to put on that title of a believer, a man of God, woman of God, pastor, uh, minister of music, performing arts minister, anybody, they have to take that role seriously because... Like I told you, Mike, that one day, judgment day is going to come. And then I would hate for anybody, especially me, if I go to God one day and, oh my gosh. And then so if he says, like, I, I wanted to do more with you or I've seen what you stored, what I blessed, what I blessed you with, but you mishandled that. Like you had a woman on your performing arts ministry who was dealing with a drug addiction, but you was too busy trying to flirt with the other a person in there where well, you didn't recognize what she was doing or hey you could be a minister of music but then you didn't show up to rehearsals um on tuesday so you just kept pushing it off those are the mm. things we have to realize like it's our duty to be soldiers of christ we're on an assignment and that's something i was praying and meditating on today we are soldiers on assignment with the mission but we keep going awol Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. We are going AWOL. And that's the thing. We got to realize, like, we have to do better and hold ourselves accountable. Even, like, I'm seeing pastors who got that role, but I see them, like, cheating on their spouse. I see them at the bars. I see them flirting with women just to say, I want to see if I still got it. As a shepherd, you should not be doing that. You need to be in the confines of your own house and have parameters, set boundaries for yourself. Because at the end of the day, the church is a hospital and people are coming there for healing and they're sick. But how are you supposed to get be healed and fellowship with people when the people who are in the church since they was young, they're just as broken as them? That's backwards. And Mike, 
um, this is the point that you said, we were talking about this. You said, dang, what did you say? You said that being in church from a young age, it doesn't necessarily make you, um, oh my gosh, I, I got to look up the, the oh, point. Oh, when I'm, I was saying that uh, me being in a church at a young age didn't necessarily mean that I was, that I was, uh, living righteous it just made sure that i had the knowledge to be able to hide it yeah it was something on that lines yeah um oh my gosh because i i wrote this down when you said it too that's what makes me upset about it uh 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 if i can't find it then we'll just okay yeah but yeah it was more the lines um just because you grew up in the church ever since you was two, just because your grandparents went there, just because your cousins go there, just because your mama goes there. It doesn't make you still have to put in that that work in. Like you still have to put in a work in to cultivate, to pray, to worship, and acknowledge you have things that you need God to heal you from. Like it. Oh, th that's what you said. You said you said um, they wear a mask to pretend as if they are um, Christians. That's what you um, kind of said. You said they wear a mask. Um, when it comes to that, we have a lot of people who who are not believers, who are broken and damaged and they heal and they have the opportunity to come to the church, which is a hospital to get healed. But the people who are supposed to be the ambassadors, who are supposed to be the, the billboard of, of Jesus, we are pushing them away with the stench of our disobedience, of our ignorance and not living up to the standard that God has for us. Because the closest thing as people of faith, what they have is believe in Jesus and that's it. They never go above that. There's so many things that as a church, as an organization, as an organisms, we have to do better at recognizing that we have to help other people. And that we're being looked at and that fact that people are looking at us at our works, at our homes, and um, one of my favorite preachers, he said this. He says, you know, people can read Moses. They can read Abraham. They can read about Joshua. They can read about Aaron. They can read about um, Sarah. And um, they can read about Joseph. But you are the closest thing to the Bible that people are going to see. Now, how are people supposed to see Jesus and you if you're in the bar drinking, throwing up every day? How are they supposed to see you if you're cussing out that person who cut you off? That's not Jesus that people are looking for. So that's why you have to walk it like you talk it because your walk is going to be more proof than your talk. Because I have to say, actions speak loud in the words. Like I can say I believe in God. I can say I'm a, I read my word every day. But if my fruit is not producing that, how is somebody going to get transformed? How are they going to know? That's very, that's very true. There are so many different ways we can, the things that go off of in this conversation. Like, I don't want to get too far off track, but like, when we were talking about, um, we were talking about, uh, uh, leadership and leaders exemplifying this, like, it's so important because leaders not only leaders not only you know obviously have to represent well everyone has to represent outside the church but like i was saying before leaders the way they are 
is the way is basically the mold that their congregation is going to take after them. Like if you notice when you go to different churches, every church is a little different. Like they can all follow the word of God, but every church is going to have some different little traditions and whatever different tendencies and things that they go about because that's just like they take on what how their leaders are and we have to make sure that especially when we get put in these leadership positions that we hold ourselves to an even higher standard like listen heavy is the head that wears the crown like it's a different kind of weight that's put on you when you are called to lead anything and i know i had that conversation with you when they uh, uh when your previous pastor offered you the position of you know head of the performing arts ministry and i was remember i was remember telling you that you know make sure you're ready for this before you accept it because it's a whole new level of like responsibility and accountability that you have to make sure you're on because everybody's now watching you everybody's watching you and people there will be people watching you just to see if you mess up so they can go run and talk about you behind your back or whatever whatnot and then even if you're not in leadership position like you said we are the representation of christ we're, we're supposed to be the representation of christ on this earth so you're supposed to do what christ would do honestly he told us when he left that you know we were supposed to do greater works than he did on this earth but we a lot of times we allow our humanism um our emotions to take over and things of that nature to where we don't we don't fight the lust of the flesh like we should you know it tells you that you know, it tells you in a word that the Holy Spirit's always going to give you a way out of these situations so you don't have to sin. Mm-hmm. He also tells you to flee from temptation, just like jo- just like Joseph did. The man's literally took off and started sprinting. And left the road behind. Literally started sprinting to get away from Potiphar's wife. Like, he ain't go, oh, no, I need to get you off me. This man turned around and ran to get away from the temptation in that situation. Mm-hmm. So most of us don't, a lot of people don't want to do stuff like that. Cause they go, Oh, well that's being extra. It don't take all that, you know, and it, it, it don't take all, it doesn't take all that. That's, I want to dive into that real quick. So go ahead. I hear that so much with people now with people, right? Uh, especially the younger generation, millennials and down, right? And they want to say a lot of the times it doesn't take all that, like what your parents did and what your grandparents did in the churches and all that. It doesn't take all that to be Christian. But was I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. After doing it the way that I was doing it before, because I was one of those, it doesn't take all that. And then now doing everything that I said it doesn't take, I'm realizing that it does take all that and then a little bit more. No, for real though. When they're talking about, because one of the things I know a lot of us talk about is like, especially like, let's say the fasting. Oh, it doesn't take all that. It does. When you fast for a week, 
and you're just drawing yourself closer to God, there is a difference. Oh, the prayer, praying for hours on end at the church, it doesn't take all that. It does. There's a difference of what happens to you in the spirit when you are in there seeking God on your face, not caring how you look, worshiping and praying and calling out some, it is different. Oh, it doesn't take all that. Why do they have to be so loud? When you start to experience the presence of God, when you start to acknowledge all the things he's done for you and you're really getting in there praying, you're not going to be able to just be quiet. It does take all that. So just a side note for everyone saying that, yeah, it takes all that. And then some, because we're still not perfect and we're still not where we are, where we should be. Mm-hmm. And I think the crazy part is like you gain when you do all of that. I'm, I'm going to say that you, you don't lose nothing when you surrender yourself to God fully. You gain like. Even though you lose yourself, but you gain in overflow, you gain in abundance, you gain in joy, you gain in peace. It's the type of peace that the world will never give you. Like, what if we flip the script and say, so say we have to go to the club at 1030. Okay, I got to go to the barber to get my haircut. Okay, I got to go to the mall to get my fresh fit. Oh, I got to go to the mall to get some shoes. Oh, I got to get my cologne. Then, hey, I got to hit up my friends. Hey, what's up, y'all pulling through? We in a group text saying, who's who's going to get the bottle? Hey, can I cash out for you the money? Hey, what's up, y'all pulling up? And once we get there, okay, then we got to make sure we got Mac on every girl in there. It doesn't take all that just to get to that point. And like I said, you're losing when you do that. You're losing time, energy, and money doing that. But that same type of energy if you put that focusing on God and his word and his plan for you, like I mentioned before, you gain abundance. You gain identity. You gain purpose and clarity. And you recognize something that's within yourself. Like I mentioned before, the world can never give you. It can never give you that. And that's something that, so does it take all that? Yes, it does. But you're going to gain something. You're gonna gain a better you. So, Mike, I love how you put that. That was definitely dope. I, I I love that for real. And to be honest, bro, it's not even about. It shouldn't even you, going into the mentality of this is what I'm gonna gain is the wrong mentality. Right. Because the mentality you should be going into it with it is, I need to, I need to kill my flesh to get closer to Him. Mm-hmm. Your mentality should be nothing but, I want to glorify God. And I want to seek his face. I want to sit in his presence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't used to be like that. I used to just go through the motions and be like, all right, yeah, all right, the glory of God Sunday morning kind of deal. But it wasn't until, like, when you start going, and, and it's sad that it takes this, but for a lot of people, it's when you start going through something. Like, Rodney, the first time for me was when I started going through what we discussed before last year, right? Mm-hmm. With that whole ordeal. Yeah. It took that for me to just dive in and just go deeper and deeper and deeper and seeking God's presence. And once I got to that point where I was just seeking after him and then just sitting in the presence of the Lord, 
just broken and allowing him to do to fix and to heal me to touch my life at that point is when my, I started to understand and my eyes started to open up to okay this is this is what it's supposed to be then after that things started getting cleaned up mm-hmm. you know a lot of things started getting cleaned up because it was all right it does take all this and I need to live a righteous and holy life and it needs to go a little farther. So I know some people talk to me and I talked this, I talked about this before about, you know, me not drinking and people saying, Oh, well it don't take all that. You can drink. And I'm like, you know, it does take all that for me. You may be able to do that. I had a drinking problem before, so it takes all of that for me. I don't need to be around alcohol. I don't need to drink. Oh, friends going out to the bar. They can call an Uber. I don't need to be a designated driver. Because I'm not going to put myself in an environment where the whole purpose and point is alcohol. And I have friends now, even now, like, you know, um, Judah has a birthday party coming up, right? And they're going up to the, uh, they're going bowling, whatever. And when he invited me, he was like, oh, wait, Mike, is that going to be a problem? Because, like, it's an open bar, basically. And... You see right there, he automatically went to, hey, Mike, I need to make sure you're okay first because I know how this is for you and how your walk is going, which is a whole nother point of, you know, looking out for your brother, right? Mm-hmm. And me talking to him, I was like, oh, no, that's fine, bro. Like, we're there to bowl. Now, I'm not going because we have prayer and fasting all next month, but hey, prayer and um, he uh but the whole point is is like knowing the situations and knowing those things and making sure okay this is what i have to do to stay within this kind of standing with god because at the end of the day this is why it it does take all that right and then some mm-hmm. okay when you're standing before god and judgment day and he's reading over the list of all the stuff that happened in your life how much of that do you want to, like, how much of that are you going to regret? You're going to look back and be like, man, if, if I would have done what I said, it didn't take all that. And if I would have just did it, you know how much of that stuff, it wouldn't be read off right now. Like how many mistakes wouldn't have been made if I would have just did what I thought was excessive. If I would have just stayed in and prayed. If I would have just worshipped, if I would have just went to the church and participated, you know, if I would have sought him for everything, you want a relationship with God. That's that's the whole point of this. We're not like one thing. One of my old past pastor Mays used to tell me is I don't teach religion. I teach relationship. Mm-hmm. He said religion is an organization and it's a construct that is that is is meant to really control people it's a set of rules it's what the pharisees and sadducees were it's a it's a uh uh it is a almost political system meant to control he was like i don't teach religion jesus didn't teach religion he didn't like religion he said i teach relationship what i'm teaching is relationship with the father through the son relationship with the holy spirit And when you learn that relationship and you now you can look at the Bible through those eyes of the relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and God, the father, you can go ahead and 
change the way some things are in your life. Because once you start to have a relationship closer with the, you know, closer with God, there's some things you're not going to want to do. Facts. You're not going to want to do some of these things. You're going to be, because it's it's not going to feel, there's some things right now, man, that make me, honestly, they make my stomach feel uneasy now. Being in certain environments makes my stomach feel uneasy. Feeling certain spirits makes my 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 stomach feel uneasy because it's turmoil in the spirit is what it is. I can't go. I can. I cannot go and enter into a club because everything inside of me is going to be turning over and screaming to leave because it's 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 going to be fighting with the environment that I've just put it in. Everything in that environment is going to be fighting against my spirit. It's going to be a war because you can't mix light and dark. They don't mix. Yeah. So with all the spirits that's in there and now you're in there trying to participate in something, you know, that you probably shouldn't be participating in. Like it's you're not putting yourself in a situation to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. In that sense, you're putting yourself in a situation to get closer to the world which means getting further away from God because to love God, you got to hate the world. Right now, people, when we say that, and when the Bible says that it doesn't really mean you got to hate everybody in the world, but it means you have to hate the devices of this world. You have to hate the spirits of this world, like the things that are not of God, because those don't mix with God. The spirit of the world doesn't mix with the spirit of God. And so by doing so, by hating the world, you can get closer to God because by hating the world, you're loving his spirit. By hating the world, you're loving his presence. You're loving him. You're loving his word. And these are the things we have to think about when we decide, hey, we want to go and do such and such and it's easier to walk it like you talk it when you're completely sold out to the spirit of God. And I guess that's really the point I want to make here is you have to be completely sold out to God. And yeah, it's going to take doing those extra things. And when you get and you experience that glory, when you experience the presence of God, where you know you can just enter in where you can sit there and it doesn't take going into church and you know I can sit here and I can travail I can call out and cry in my room and and just worship him and usher in the spirit because I just want to sit here at the feet of the father I just want to be in his presence right now when you get to that point and you get to that understanding you're not going to want you. It's it's going to be easy to walk it. Because you're developing your relationship with God. And when you develop your relationship with God and your relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's not just developing that for when you're at church. When you go deeper into that relationship, you're carrying that with you at all times. So Rodney, knows I used to have the horrible road rage problem. <laughs> I was the person who <laughs> I was the person I'd be on the phone with Rodney just having a regular conversation 
and start cussing out the person next to me and then speak Yo, to Rodney like it was normal, like I nothing had ever happened. I would have thought Mike had Tourette's the way he would just randomly say something. Like, I would randomly just start cursing and then, oh, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. Back to the conversation, like nothing happened. And that's that definitely wasn't godly. But you know when that changed? When everything changed for that especially, like, is when I just, my relationship grew with God. Because once my relationship grew with God, I saw things differently. Sin was different than it was before. Whereas before, sin might have been appeasing to the flesh and it was nice and all this and you whatever. Now, because I'm not walking by the flesh, I'm walking by my spirit. Sin didn't feel that way anymore. Sin felt disgusting. It felt wrong. It made my stomach feel uneasy. And it didn't look appealing anymore. Just it nasty. lost its appeal. Instead, it was more of, yeah, that's the thing. It just don't do. Like, why would I do something stupid like that? Right? That's that's because that's how the mentality changed. Because now as I'm growing closer to God, I'm growing further away from the world. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we need to boil all this down to. Like when you want to in order to walk it like you talk it, you can't do that alone. Like, it has to be with the Holy Spirit. We're not in this. We can't do this walk alone. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come and die. If we could, he wouldn't have needed to send the Holy Spirit down to comfort and be our and assist us and to govern over and help us. Right. We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit down here if we could do this on our own. But he sent it down because we can't do it on our own and we have to have the Holy Spirit within us. We have to have the Holy Spirit guiding us. So because you can't do this on your own, you need the Holy Spirit. You need that relationship and you need to get closer. And only by doing that can you truly separate yourself and be able to walk it like you talk it. And people like separating yourself from the world doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, now I can't handle friends and I have to be like holier than thou. And I can't like, do nothing no when, more. When I walk into a room, there has to be like a choir singing like, you know, <laughs> oh, and all that. Like, no, it's not what it means. Like, it means walking with integrity. It means walking, knowing who you are in the spirit, who you are in God, who you are, period, right? Mm-hmm. It means not, not, Ah oh, man, I'm forgetting the word right now. Not caving in to what the uh, what other people are doing, like not being a follower, be a leader. Just because everybody else is doing it and they think it's fine, and they encourage you to do it, doesn't mean you have to do that. Like, be your own person. Listen to what the spirit is telling you. been saying um for for me me and mike w has been giving great spiritual tips and advice and now i want to tap into just the practical side um so the few things i do want to say so first um and mike just to piggyback off of what you were saying you were saying how um you have to have the holy spirit with you but then with uh, like with us we gotta have the fruit of that spirit 
um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and most importantly as men, self-control. You have to have these things rooted within you as you're not only talking this faith walk, but walking the walk as well. You have to have those things within you. And I just want to say that one more time just so y'all can really just meditate on these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things that we have to embody because it's almost impossible to do these simple things if we stay anchored and chained to these fruits. These are the things that Jesus embodied. This is what God wants us to embody. And these are the things that the Holy Spirit will constantly remind us to fall into. And um, that's one thing I've noticed if I feel like I'm about to go into fall into my flesh or do things I know that's not pleasing God. I think about, I go through a mental checklist. I say, hey, am I operating out of love? Am I operating out of joy, kindness? Do, am I, do I have self-control in this moment? So those are one of the things where as you are walking throughout the whole day, before you leave, um, make a mental checklist, say an affirmation saying you are these things and you will follow as you say these things, speaking in positivity of love and light, you will see your habits will embody and exude the fruits of the spirit. And the next thing I want to tap into, Mike, um, is the parameters and boundaries we have to set. Because let's be honest, like we are in a world that caters and praises to the quote unquote, you can have your cake and eat it too. But the real talk as a believer, you we can't adopt that philosophy. So how important is setting um, boundaries and parameters to you as you are trying to walk this straight and narrow? Uh, they're very, very important. It's one of those things, it's like, it's, it's, it's like just in the natural as you set boundaries with people so they know what you count as, let's say, disrespectful, right? You don't want people to walk over you or disrespect you, so you set certain boundaries that they know, hey, this is what you don't cross. This is the line right here of demarcation in the sand. When you step over that line, we're going to have a problem. It's the same thing in the spirit. Like, if you don't tell people what your boundaries are and what they can do around you or what they can say around you, then, or like, what's acceptable behavior around you, then they're going to continue to do it around you and then they're going to encourage and try to get you to do it at the same time. And even just an example of that is like at work, right? Mm -hmm. So I told you in my last job before I left, they didn't even want to curse around me. And it wasn't, it wasn't even a boundary I had to put up. They saw the way I lived and knew something was different. Then when they found out, oh, he's a minister, which then somehow became you're a pastor, it became, all right, well, the boundary is we're not going to do certain things around Mike. Why? It's out of respect for who he is spiritually. I didn't have to go and check people about certain things that they would say around me. 
because the way I carried myself, the way I walked, which backed up the way I spoke, ended up doing that for me. And a lot of the times, like, if you're walking in righteousness and you're you're talking the same way and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in God, people will automatically know that the boundaries are there and not cross them. Because honestly, those boundaries are kind of like, I want to say those boundaries are kind of like universal. Most people know like, okay, this is a, like, this is a righteous man and he's living for God, or this is a righteous woman and she's living for God. I'm not going to do certain things around this person out of respect for them and respect for their relationship with God. Even like me coming back to this job I'm at now, there were certain things I have to put in place as a boundary that I had to talk about uh, with one of my coworkers. But that was because uh, beforehand, when I was there the first time around, I allowed that behavior and to happen around me without saying, hey, this is not cool and this makes me feel uncomfortable. And so when I come back, that behavior has continued to and at a greater scale to where I had to sit this person down and talk to them like, hey, let's not do this. Not around me. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying is very is is. What you're saying is disgusting, first off, but also it's very disrespectful. Like you have to let people know, like what is where your parameters and where your boundaries are. And if you don't, then they won't know when they're crossing them. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely you have to make that vocal and. um it's very important to make that part very vocal to the point where, like how you say, like they won't know that's a line that they are crossing. That's something that I've dealt with as well. Um, just the calling that God has over my life and um, at my other job at the nursing home, one of my nicknames uh, is, is, is Choir Boy. You know, if anybody's seen the five heartbeats, um, they call me Choir Boy. Every- Every time I walk through the always they'd be like, hey, choir boy, what up, man? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's my nickname but over there. But they know the type of way I walk. It's not the average walk as other people who they encounter. So they respect what, what I'm doing. And there have been moments where they would watch what, well, what they would say. If they, a cuss word slipped, they'd be like, oh, Rodney, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to do that. Or when they saw my purity ring, like they could tell either A, I was married, or number two, I was saving myself for marriage. Then once they saw that ring as a tangible item of my purity and my faith and what they believed in, um, it gave them a sense of awareness and the fact that, wow, he's really taking God seriously. And it's through that exposure through your walk, you never knew, never going to know who you're going to inspire. So, like, that's how this whole conversation, this topic is about. It's like, when you're walking this walk, you can't do what you want to do. Like, sadly, we can't do what we want to do. Even though our flesh may want it, our heart's desire may want that, but it may feel good, but it's temporary. I mean, you could not 
everything that you want to do. There's yeah. Oh, yeah as long as what you want to do is lined up within the like within the will of God, you're fine. Because He did say He'd give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so let me make that more clear. You can't do what your sinful nature wants to do. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, God does not like that. That that makes Him sad. Even it makes God cry when we step out of His will and He sees us hurt. But through his grace and mercy, he can still pick us up and turn things around. That's what makes God so good. And I think, Mike, that's what makes it great how you said um, we have to focus more on the relationship and not the religion. Because the relationship, that's what really where that grace and mercy comes in um, to come in at. So it's like I was saying with this topic, our sinful nature, um, it wants us to do what our flesh wants to do, what our hearts wants to do but it's like we can't do that it's um because if we do that we could be blocking somebody's blessing somebody's opportunity for us to truly minister and direct them and that's something that we was talking about in church today as we was in pastor's office um how we were talking about how like with musical artists who are secular but they do but they do like an inspirational song or a gospel album and the church frowns upon that because that's not like their anchor. But I made this point. We're just directors. We just pave the way to, we don't bring the healing, but we bring them to the healer. That is all our job is. So as we are walking, we are directing people to Christ. That's where that, that's where like this whole topic is, is in a nutshell. How we're trying to lead people to be delivered. We're trying to um, lead people into um, deliverance. We're trying to lead people into true, true miracles that can happen. But if we don't stay faithful in our walk, we somebody won't get healed. They won't feel blessed. They won't feel how we feel. Like, Mike, the greatest feeling is when we totally surrender to Christ. And I ain't talking about the give our life to Christ when we was like, too when we get like the little sprinkle <laughs> getting baptized but i'm talking about like that type of surrender is like you're like a grown adult and you cry during service where you know there's no other god like him like i want the next person to get that feeling because they've been trying to search that feeling throughout their whole life through relationships through sex through alcohol through food through anything in this world to help feeling that void but the only person who can truly heal who can truly touch that is jesus and as ambassadors as the middleman our job and our duty is to disciple and lead them to the person who can truly bring that healing so that's why we have to walk it like we talk it amen i completely agree with all that Man, this was a great episode. I ain't gonna fake to you. This was a great episode, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man, so uh before we close out, is there anything you wanna say, Mike? Nah. Nah, I mean just everybody take a look at yourself and this is an exercise we had to do the other week at church, right? Mm -hmm. Apostle was up speaking, and he told us to take and write down every, this, these things, right? And he said, look at your life and 
grade yourself, how you feel you're doing, right? So how do you feel you're doing with, uh, you know, living with sin, blah, 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 and whatever. And he just kept going down the list, right? Like, give yourself a grade, A, B, A plus, all that, right? Mm-hmm. And then it came down, then afterwards he said, now, with everything we just listed, he started going back through and said, now, how do you think God would grade you on this? Mm. Does anybody have an A in here? Nobody put their hands up for anything. Now, being the kind of guy I am, I wanted to put myself an A for effort. <laughs> um, and he said a B. Nobody raised their hand for any of it. He was like, surely somebody got to at least have a B minus. Mm-hmm. Nobody raised their hand for anything. You look at it through our eyes. We go, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. But then when you go, well, how does God see this and how would God be grading this? Everybody's tune changed to I'm not doing good enough. And if you feel like, hey, I'm not really doing good enough. Then there's probably a reason behind that. Because you know that you could be doing better. Mm-hmm. And so just keep pushing, keep striving for keep striving for the ultimate goal of get it being everything that God has called you to be. Like, don't settle. Be everything that God has called you to be, everything that He called and said that you could and would be. And never give up. Never give in. Never settle for anything less. I agree. I agree for sure. Well, guys, I'm glad we were able to talk about this topic. Um, Hopefully, this left some crumbs. Hopefully, y'all were able to eat off of this episode and really digest and meditate um, just what it truly means to walk in faith, walk in love, and most importantly, walk in Christ. Um... He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he'll show you how to walk it. All it takes is obedience. And to know it's going to take sacrifice. But he deserves it. What he did on the cross, he deserves it. Yeah. I think this is great. And I think this is a good stopping point for everything. Um, and for everyone, just sit and marinate on this word. And really let this kind of thing sink in this is going to be shorter than what we usually do like probably about 40 minutes but that should tell you something like it doesn't have to be super long and there's so much that we need to that we need to account for and look at that was talked about in this episode and I would really drive home that the main point is look at yourself in your relationship with the Holy Spirit and, and look at yourself in your relationship with God because those are going to be two things that determine whether you're going to be able to walk it like you talk it. So everyone, it's been real. And until next week, we love everybody. Have a blessed week.